so cute. So cute. So cute and fluffy and just, I mean, I told her I could die now happily because yeah. I saw that picture of them. The puppy and the older oh, I puppy together. Too. I couldn't. I was like, I, it was too much for me. Too much for my I ovaries. Said, give, give to me <sighs> and let me nom on those little feet. Yeah, it was, it was a lot for me. Anyway, Worth here it. we are. So, are we center? Yeah. That's better. Okay. Good. Alrighty. We talked about Audrey's puppy in the beginning. Yes. Hysterical. Okay. So, here we are today. Welcome to Chit Chat, a totally unedited space where we break the cycle of what it means to be a woman together. Beautiful. Oh, there it is. Oh, Emily, oh. do you want to yeah. answer that? Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yes, we are live. What are we talking about today? Oh, love versus lust. A very important topic. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so. Uh-huh. Kisses. Bye-bye. Tell the wife hello. Oh, yes. Oh, very nice. Well, we're talking about love versus lust today, and it is a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts. We actually were just speaking with someone um, that has her own podcast, Mary Ellen, and it's called The Okayish Podcast, and she's talking about the difference between love versus lust. But she put it in a really different way that I had actually never heard it before, this idea of it not even being love versus lust, but the idea of it being um, compassion love or companion love, rather versus like passionate love. So passionate love versus companion love. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought of it this way. It's something that I think about a lot, right? This love versus lust situation. It's something that Stephanie and I have spoken a lot mm -hmm. about because I think it does kind of grow and change as you develop and age. So like as I am now in a healthy, almost six year relationship with three years of marriage next week while we're filming this, I can honestly say that any relationship that I was in before was a lustful relationship. It was because I thought that person was really good looking and they gave me these butterflies and that was kind of ill. And then once those butterflies faded, there was really nothing left of our relationship. You know, it was just based on those primal feelings but after that went away I was still willing to work with it which is what companion love is right once the butterflies are done once that lustful phase is over my great grandma Sally always used to say you have to love somebody once the shine wears off mm -hmm. super important right you know so it's that companion love is the true love because I also do not believe in soulmates. I have said this to my husband, so this won't be like a big <laughs> news. What? 101, Emily is saying there is no soulmates. But the no, tabloids yeah, are going to exactly. go wild. <laughs> I'm going to see myself all over the place in supermarkets. I'm going to have to hide my face. Uh, but I do not believe in soulmates. I believe that you can be with a multitude of people and you can kind of choose who brings out the best in you, which I love that idea, right? Yeah. So there's multiple people for you. But that companion love is so amazing once you're in it because it's, for me, we always, my husband and I call each other our treehouse. We're that safety net. And even though those butterflies may not be there anymore, I am telling you, I get infinitely 
more intimacy in a different way sex included but like in a different way as well I get to know that he's coming home to me every day so that's kind of my belief and how I wanted to start off the conversation so now I'm gonna swing it to you yeah well and that's you brought up really good points I I feel that how we are raised as women is to believe the storybook prince fairy tale sweep Mm -hmm. you off your feet fireworks butterflies and there's a quote from a song that I love by Halsey and she says um, sometimes the warning signs feel like they're butterflies and it was the first time I'd ever heard something and gone and it clicked with me because in relationships I have been in that really intense butterfly feeling um, scientifically as uh, Mary Ellen as she talks about it in her podcast was that you're releasing the like feel-good hormones dopamine right? yeah yeah, yeah it's, I, I believe it's dopamine and it's that's addictive it's in studies it is shown as strong as like as a drug so you become you become really like wow this is a great feeling and you become addicted to it the problem is we're not educated about that it's okay if they it fades because then another chemical is released within the body and if you go listen to that podcast it'll explain all of it but that turns into that companionship and sometimes the lust can't translate and so what you're finding is what Emily was talking about is that she was willing to make it work but because that hormone really wasn't there with the other person it's a one-sided venture yeah so one-sided relationship right gonna go nowhere as i tell my kids uh communication and a relationship needs two-way street you need a dialogue if it's a one-way thing get out go go the one way and keep going right never ever turn back and go the wrong way and don't and i think it's important to note to magazines social media we talk about this a lot songs songs they perpetuate this idea that of lust all you want to do is get hot and heavy with somebody and that's it or heartbreak and that's what love is right that's what they're saying at the end of the day is that's what love that's what love is i don't feel that that is what love is yeah i think it's okay to have those things in a relationship but when there is a lack of it there it doesn't mean that you're in a bad relationship Now, I want to make sure that I make it very clear that abuse is never tolerated, Mm. it's never okay, and that don't ever mistake abuse for love, love, for, oh, well, the butterflies really aren't there, and we fight all the time, but, you know, this is what companionship is. Understanding what red flags are and boundary pushing, um, Lord knows I've been in relationships, and so has Emily, where boundaries were crossed, and abuse absolutely was present. Um, Gotta love some emotional abuse. And that's not okay. Mm-mm. So make sure that you are aware of those things. Do you find yeah. that we are seeing younger women flip that script? Or do you feel like that narrative is still the same of wait for your Prince Charming? So yes and no is what I'll say. Because like, Right, I have my nieces. So those are basically the people that I like kind of base Base, my assumptions off of. Right. Um, 
And like, I remember this one time really clearly, I was watching my oldest niece, Scarlett, she must've been four at the time. And she was dressed up as Cinderella and we were playing and singing. One day my prince will come. And I was like, one day yours will come too, Scarlett. And she looked at me and she was like, I don't need a prince, Auntie M. And I was like, okay, you got it. Uh, so I think it's the parents' awareness of this thing that we're talking mm -hmm. about too, and then perpetuating it on with their kids. So not everybody, right? Not every kid is gonna be aware because maybe not every parent is aware. So yes and no, because I'm still watching movies where love is being perpetuated by this butterfly feeling, by this, oh my God, this is my person feeling. So that's where we need to change yeah. the narrative on all of these big medias, right? On social media, if you're in a relationship, please, if you're posting pictures and you're happy, love it. I also post pictures like but literally I, once a year when I'm happy, but please. I think if you're over posting though. Yeah. Or like put like an asterisk at the bottom and be like, we fight as well might be good because or other people, people are consuming that media right and but, they're like wow they must have the perfect relationship mm, I can tell you that fights still ensue even if you're in a perfect correct. relationship correct but also too right when it comes to the social media thing my partner and I I mean people have to ask me constantly if I'm still with my partner to which I say yes like oh I just wasn't sure I didn't notice on social media I don't understand why that has become the new thing. The, yeah. the uh, measure the, yeah. the measure for a healthy relationship. I and I think agree. that that plays into I notice that a lot of times couples who are very in hot and heavy that oversharing hmm. sometimes on social media it's like oh this is what I want. That's not again, that's not always healthy and so to look at those things try to take the personal view of it out of the equation and look at it object objectively yeah because you're going to see nine times out of ten it's to get likes comments subscribers um there was this whole social media thing with tana mojo and jake you're, yeah. you're talking jake, about people that something. i don't know they're really big on the youtube sphere um but it looked from the outside, looking in, you're like, oh my God, I love it. Hot, heavy, quick, fast. But also you have to remember there are two personalities mm. that exist on the internet. So some of it was strategic. And we don't know these people personally, so we can only speculate on it. But I think it's important to always remember when you're seeing a personality on the internet, most of the time, what they are showing you has been highly edited by a team um, and it's been thought out, yeah. it's been planned, it's been, it's strategic. I watch YouTube channels where they're documenting their love story and it's like nobody, nobody documents, you know what I mean? Like no real life couples document stuff like this. I, do, I have to say though, I do have a rose, because I'm staring at them, I do have a rose from each one of the bouquets that my husband has given me since the beginning of our relationship. I did it on a whim and now I'm glad I did it because now I have a bouquet of all one flower from each bouquet he's been given me, which makes me happy to look back and be like, but that's fine. Yeah. I just think it's, it's the, the lusty thing.
is so much more appealing. Of course, which is why people cheat, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that Mary Ellen brought up on her podcast, this idea of this lustful relationship. You want those butterflies back. So people are looking for that high, right? All of those endorphins. So they're like, maybe I'll cheat with this person because I'm not feeling this with this person anymore. So now I need And they're mistaking. They're mistaking that that rush of endorphins that are the dopamine hit for love. And it's really not. And I think that sometimes... That's why communication is so important in relationships, period. And if you don't, if you're not able to sit down with your partner and explain to them, you know, I'm feeling unsatisfied in X, Y, and Z, how can we make this better? Then the relationship is going to very quickly fall apart. Yeah. And And like you said before too, right? It needs to be the two-way street like you were just talking about. So if there is some sort of obstacle in your path, are you willing to work on it together? Which mm-hmm. therefore brings me to what I say to you all the time, right? From Gilmore Girls. I'm a huge Gilmore Girls nerd over here. It's my only tattoo is on my foot. And it's from Gilmore Girls. It's from when Luke kisses Lorelai. Spoilers. I'm sorry if you are just starting that journey and I just ruined it for you. My bad. Um, but you can either grow together or you can grow apart. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you failed in whatever relationship that is, whether that be a friendship or a partner or a relationship with a parent, but it's you either grow together or you grow apart. You get to choose though, right? Those two people or whomever is in the relationship, however many people, you get to choose. Are you going to grow together or are you going to grow apart? Because everybody is constantly changing. I am a completely different person than the person that I was when I first got married three years ago. My husband is a completely different person than he was when we got married three years ago. When we got married three years ago. But we choose to be together, to work on our relationship, to grow together, but to also grow individually as people, which is so huge and important. Your growing doesn't stop once you get in a relationship. It should just continue. You should still develop yourself. Right. So that's that's my own yeah. personal belief. What what are yours? Like, what was your thought of love as a kid, and now what is it? Well, I very much thought love was this. It's a fairy tale, mm-hmm. right? Just like head over here, heels, butterflies, fireworks, all that. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that love isn't always toughing it out all the time. Love is being able to differentiate between someone who's worth having conversations with Mm. and worth quote-unquote fighting with Mm. uh, and someone who throw in the towel it's not gonna work out you're falling on deaf ears it's the same problem over and over and over and over again Um, I think the biggest difference especially in the relationship I'm in now is when difficult times arise I find that I don't want to run away. Mm. And I think that's an important thing to know in relationships is, and there are little, I'm going to do the flip side of this, but I think it's important to note that when you are feeling very confident and you don't feel like you have to run away, you know that the relationship is good, but maybe you've hit a bump. Um, Likewise, if your partner wants to work it out with you and they are willing to make those changes and you acknowledge that they are, you know, you guys are working together to make those changes, that's also important. Um, At no point should it just be one-sided where you feel like you're the only one putting in the effort. Putting in the effort, right. Mm -hmm. And if that is something that you've noticed time and time again, 
you know, it's, it's, it's time to let it go. I will also tell a story. A girlfriend of mine had been dating this guy for like, I think she's coming up on like eight months, nine. So a long time. He still will not call her his girlfriend. Mm. And so she finally was like, I'm done. That's it. And my other friend was out with her and they were talking to someone at the bar and he was like, um, you know, trying to get my one friend's number. And my friend goes, well, she's not single, but I am. And that was a really relieving moment because she was traveling to a different place, like six hours away to go see him all the time. And it's like, you can't even call, you can't even call her your girlfriend. And I had been in a relationship a situationship like that. Ooh, I love that. I didn't come up with it, but it oh, was a situation. It was like trademark. No, right here. I wish. But yeah, I was it for like a year, and I, I, like, he he kept saying things like, you know, like I, I kind of consider myself your boyfriend, but I don't feel the need to put labels and. Uh. And after we broke up, like a week later, he ended up finding someone else, and like. All the things he said he wasn't gonna do with me, he did with her. So that's another thing to just remind yourself of is if somebody's really sure about you, they might have reservations, but you're gonna know their intentions. Alternatively, if it happens really quick, like like suspiciously fast, I would also red flag on that. So too long and too fast, <laughs> no good. But if finding somebody who has that middle ground, that understanding, like, I want to get to know you, you get to know me, but they don't let it linger on too long. It just, yeah, like nine months, you don't want to call it crazy. Absolute lunacy to me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a big one for and me. And uh, the only thing that was ever brought up was that the sex was great. Hmm. Oh my God, we had so much sex. And I'm like, did you guys do anything else? Yeah. But that's all you're doing. There's, there's, there's no, not the much The relationship to, has no substance. Yeah, the building blocks it. of that relationship are, are shallow. Maybe there's just a moat yeah. in that castle. Because there's going to be times where you don't always want to be, like, boinking each other. And you have, like... That's not going to be the situation all the time. <laughs> other things are going to have to come up. Well, and right. And, like, what are you guys going to talk about? Do you have common interests? Do you have the same values? Are you... You know, and some people are just looking to hook up. And that's wonderful. I think it's great. But being honest about what it is that you're looking for mm -hmm. and especially understanding that just because somebody's really good in bed doesn't mean that they're going to be a good partner. And you can have a casual fling with someone, but then when feelings really start to get involved heavily, that's when you need to have a conversation and then be willing to walk away if it's not the answer that you were looking for. Oh, I like it. So then my question to you now is like, if you could go back in time, right? We always ask this question on the podcast, mm -hmm. but I'm going to spin it a little bit. So instead of what advice would you give your 15 year old self? I'm going to make it a bit more specific. Okay. What love advice would you give yourself? Like what relationship advice? Mm. I would tell 15 year old self. Yeah, 15. I would tell my 15 year old self, um, not every person that you date mm is going to be forever and you do not have to stick around if you are not happy i had a tendency to really lose myself and define who i was because of my relationship and that came from growing up to think that my place 
as a female in the world was to find someone, a man, to take care of me, to then marry me, for me to then provide children. And that was the thought that I had in my head. Um, as I've gotten older, I have realized that it is not that way and that um, it's okay to date, it's okay to experiment and not fall madly deeply in love with every single person you're with and that if you are feeling unfulfilled, you are feeling abused, you are feeling alone in a relationship, then it's time to leave and um, I would especially say take time to be by yourself. Mm. I don't know that's something we talk about enough. Don't be so alone that you, <laughs> you experience avoidant attachment, but learn how to find the things you enjoy doing because then you will know what you are looking for in a partner. I love that. That's, yeah, definitely. Hands down. But I'm 30 and just starting to do that. So it's like a real wild ride. Yeah. So I think if I would go back, uh, I would tell myself, A, wait for him because he's coming. That was something that was really hard for me to understand at 15 because every time we broke up, I'd be like, oh my God, that's it. It's my, I have no other prospects. And you know, it was bad. I blubbered and I would always need my go-to cure for any breakup. When it got really bad, my brother would have to come in from the city. But my go-to breakup food was always a Wendy's burger. Double burger with bacon on it. If somebody brought that to me, I'd, I'd be cured. Yeah. yeah, that was it. That's all I needed was a Baconator. And I was so solid. Now I don't eat red meat anymore, so that wouldn't work out. I'd have to find something new. Plus, I would be absolutely devastated if my relationship ended. So I'm not going to think about that. But yeah, I'd say he's there. I'd say that you don't deserve emotional abuse, which was something that I learned growing up. I thought that's what love was when somebody emotionally abused the other person. I thought that's how somebody showed their affection because I saw that from my parents. That's not how you show affection and love. Um, so I would tell myself that that's not okay. And also the fact that I, I am okay. Like I may be weird and strange, but like those are the good parts about me too. I got like bashed a lot for being weird and then one day my really good friend Sarah I always thank her for this was like come come darling come to me you are allowed to be weird and I was like oh so like really like you were saying find yourself and be okay with yourself as an individual and be self-aware of the things that you want and that you bring to a relationship mm -hmm. I was just telling uh, somebody that they need to make like deal breakers, right? A list yeah. of them. That's really important because yeah. sometimes you get carried away. But and don't go crazy on the deal. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's why you say you call them deal breakers because there's absolutely no need to create such an intense tight list. No. That like you, you that you miss be, somebody who's literally perfect. You have for to have you. compromise. Yeah. And that's not. I think compromise often gets a dirty rap. Yeah. I think compromise doesn't mean compromising your values. Mm -hmm. It's just compromising like little things, yeah. right? Like you like pickles on your sandwich and he doesn't. Yeah, you're not or who gonna, does the dishes at night. Right, you're not gonna like break up with the person because how dare you like olives. Yeah. It, so things like that, yeah. just to clarify. Yeah, so my biggest thing is I think like you are enough as is 
this person is enough. I think I would have loved to hear that at 15. Well, and you know what? That actually makes me think of where it's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, mm. you don't deserve me at my best. Mm -hmm. False. You don't think that's true? Absolutely not. Okay. Because if you're at your worst and your partner is just continuing to be like, that's okay, they're not helping you grow. Oh, see, I don't take it that way. Oh, that's how yeah, I okay. take it. I don't take it that I, way. So I take it as like, oh, my like worst, I can just be like a total biatch to you and like you're supposed to just take it. I think you need to have some form of self-awareness about your learned behaviors, behaviors yeah. the toxic ones, the ones that no longer serve you. Um, I think what that phrase is really meant to be is like, if you struggle, and I'll use me for example, I mental health is really, really important to me. And the dynamic shift of our, my, me and my partner in the beginning, like when all of it, because we've known each other since high school. So he saw me kind of in this, like I cried all the time, light, you know, I was and then we made jokes how I was so anxious and nervous all the time. But then it really came to a head and it really became something that was impacting my day-to-day -day life and he didn't understand it. And that was no fault of his. And we've since talked and I said, what would you go back and do different? And he said, I would try to be more understanding. Because hmm. I didn't know what was going on and I was scared. And that is something that you have to, and I have to learn to let go because from time to time I will bring it up because it still hurt me that I didn't feel supported. But now because of communication, because I explain my recovery journey through anxiety, through OCD, through depression, he is more aware. And so that line of communication is open. And that is a very important thing for me. So he sees me at my worst, but he will never put up with abuse abuse yeah right like and we've with a partner it'll i don't want to say that it's like the easiest thing in the world what, to being with somebody else no well obviously <laughs> <It's not>. no <laughs> but i don't want to say it's the easiest thing in the world to work through issues with a partner but it's a different feeling well it's a different it's feeling not, versus companion versus passionate love right like when you're something with somebody right yeah. like when you're lusty with someone working through those issues is it's difficult like, it's it like hitting very, a wall but it also feels very like dramatic. Like yeah. you're in some sort of a movie and you're running and kissing and making out in the rain. Yeah. Whereas the with the notebook, with companionship love, I find that sometimes I'm just like, I'm tired and we're holding each other, but we're like upset about something. But I know that it's going to work out and he knows it's going to work out and that we are going to work on it together. And there's not, it's a lack of feeling uneasy mm. is the best way I can describe it. And it's probably different for everyone. But for me, how I know that it's more companion based is because there's that lack of, of total, like full body, like I'm going to vomit. It's more just like, oh, this is, I want to get back to, to feeling good with you, mm. but it doesn't feel all consuming. I love it. I loved this conversation. So nice. I, yeah, I feel like we could have gone on for a long time, <laughs> most likely, because we, I mean, we've both been through so many relationships, so maybe we'll right. do like a part two and we'll like go more into depth on our relationships and the Let things that know. we've yeah, done in the below, below. If that's something you're interested in. And uh, as our little wrap up here, we want to give you some homework. <gasps> 
I want you to make a list of what your values are. What mm. are your non-negotiables in relationships? List them down below in the comments. Shoot us a DM over at Instagram, over at Cycle Chats, exactly how it's spelled. All lowercase, All no lowercase, no space. And you can also find our blog, kind of get to know a little bit more about us, over at www.cyclechats.com. You can also join our newsletter to find out more about when we post and other special things that pop up. You'll be the first to be notified to join our beautiful community of cycle cats. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, I hope you sync up with us next time. Bye, everyone. Dude, this light is so bright that every time I look at you, it's just like, ah. Angel. I am an angel. I'm blind. <laughs>